Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking the mid-prices in the midfield. Uh, lots of value options. Who should you be considering for your team? Let's go. And welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey. I nearly said uh, yeah. fantasy basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I could hear that, eh? Uh, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Ball Boys Fantasy, as always. And I'm joined by Luke Rogerson. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. I'm, uh, I'm tired today, mate. It's my first uh, full day back at work. Um, so us, oh, us teachers got to get back to work at some point. Life's a bit tough for you, really. Oh, it I mean, is, mate. You know what I say, overworked and underpaid. <laughs> so... Um, well, uh, welcome back to the real world. Thank you. Yeah, Some been, of us have been back at work for a few weeks now. <laughs> I've been living that teacher life too long, hey. So, first day back, I'm a bit tired, but... Let's see if we can wake you up with some, uh, well, some mid-prices, mate. Hey? Before before we get into the mid-prices, you may be wondering why your co-host is holding a Steve Waugh autographed commemorative cricket bat on <laughs> am, an AFL podcast. I am wondering that. And the reason being... Is because I cracked the hundred on Twitter. Hey, got the <laughs> so I'm raising the bat. If I had a helmet to take off, I would take it off. Um, I know Dad's going to be pissed that I got this out of the commemorative case, but I just had to raise the bat. He's done it a hundred. So well done, well done. Now, yeah. Be careful with that thing. Yeah, I will. I'll put it back here. You can only imagine the carry on if I ever get to two hundred. Um, but uh, yeah, huge news. However, still only two out of three on the trader front. So a hundred, hundred followers, but. Uh, to talk about that, I'm <laughs> yeah. two out of three now too as well. But it's not the same two no. that you have. So, uh, so, so you've got you've I've got, got Calvin, and uh, we both got Warney. Warney's been the friendly one, yeah. Off, off the jump, and I've got Warney and, and Roy. You've so got Roy, I, I got a feeling they're playing with us. They have to, <laughs> they have to be messing with us, I reckon. Especially after that tweet. Yeah, we're out here. Um, you know, talking about it as if we're trying to like collect Pokemon or something. It's like a two out of three. Got to catch them all, hey? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like these absolute clowns. We'll uh, we'll mess with them a little bit. So, nah, well, all uh, good fun. All good play, fun. Fair play, boys. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, um, continue to make sure you guys do follow us. Uh, I did a little spiel the other day talking about my favorite defenders on fantasy uh, for my fantasy team. I'll probably do a few things. Obviously, all the positions a week after these podcasts drop. So if you are listening to the podcast, you'll hear it first. Uh, but again, just in Twitter, it's a good way to sort of summarise my thoughts over there as well, and you can refer back to them nice and easily. Uh, but let's get into it. The uh, the mid-prices, the midfield. Now, typically, before we start naming these players, typically yep. the mid-prices in the midfield are usually the hardest sell, in my opinion, because obviously yeah, yeah, mid- midfielders are your highest-scoring players on your team. Yep. 
to be a successful mid-pricer, it's pretty hard to turn... Like, the most successful mid-pricer are the guys, the guys that started a mid-price um, you know, value, and they end up going so well that they stay in your team the whole season. Examples mm-hmm. from last year, Will Brody. Uh, uh, who am I thinking about? Um, Even like a Nick Dacos to an extent. Nick Dacos, I mean, well, he, he wasn't was a, a mid-pricer, was, he, was rookie, he? but, but like a Sicily he, he or in, yeah. uh, a George Hewitt, all those kind of yeah. types. Obviously, they're defenders, they're forwards. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe... Uh, I don't know if you could call this a guy, but uh, a keeper, but a Pruce if he had managed to stay on the field. It's very generous. <laughs> yes. I mean, just looking at his average. I mean, those kind yeah. of guys, average-wise, they're, they're there enough or close enough to that, that top six that you can keep them at least long ways into the season when until when it's the luxury upgrade time. But in the midfield... You average 85, you're still, you know, yeah, 25, 30 points away well from armed, those top you? eight. So, so for context today, yeah. we're going to be uh, chatting about uh, guys who are sort of priced um, just under 90 and then going all the way down to kind of like your top rookies. Um, so we, we've kind of got a list here of guys that we're going to talk about. No doubt there might be some people that we don't talk about that, that you want some intel on. So um, hit us up on Twitter and whatnot. But yeah. uh, hopefully we can provide some information uh, for you guys on, on the players we do talk about. Yeah, so uh, we'll run down back. Basically, just sort of in price order. Now, some of these first guys, obviously, are on the more expensive side. So you might not typically think of them as mid-prices, but, I mean, we've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. So we did yeah. our premiums um, the first couple of podcasts this week, uh, and these are just this is just the line we sort of drew. So we're going to kick it off here with a young gun uh, that a few guys I've seen on Twitter and a few podcasts I've listened to recently um, – uh, pretty high on, and that guy is a, a midfielder from the Sydney Swans, Chad Warner. Uh, priced at 785000 uh, priced at 88.7, so 89. He's 21 years of age, and uh, some people are saying that he's going to take a step forward and be a big breakout this season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, he's shown, uh, in positive note, he's shown kind of incremental increase over the last couple of years. So 2021, he went at 66, and then 2022, he's gone at 88, and then Correlating with that is CBAs have increased, so yeah. 35% going into then 63% last year. So um, I think that obviously the Swannies played extremely well, um, except for their last game last year, yeah. um, but they've very much shown that they want to inject speed, pace, excitement into their midfield, um, so that's the way AFL is going, and Chad Warner kind of epitomizes that, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, he's um, explosive, um, you see him break the lines, he'll, he'll uh, break 50 and kick goals. And then just having a look through his um, his stats from last year, there was a, a run of games towards the end of the year there where he went 103, 100, 127, 115. So yeah. it's just a pretty small sample size there. But See he's shown... Patches. Yeah, and the, the previous year he didn't really... Um, crack the tunnel that much so I kind of think last year he's got a little bit of a taste for it hey this is what it feels like to have a big game so uh, it wouldn't shock me if he comes out in 2023 and um, and starts to consolidate an average closer to, to 100 yeah so I think um, I mean he played two years in two games in 2020 uh, obviously not really relevant so you'd probably call 2021 his sort of first year so we're thinking yeah. obviously the, the phrase third year breakout gets thrown out a lot um and, um, you know, there's, there's some legis- legitimacy behind it. Um, obviously, he's young. He did show improvement as the season kind of went on. You referenced that little patch there. Um, his, yeah. his role also definitely changed um, the yeah. second half of I the year. I got a good stat on that too. Yeah, so um, uh, just to reference some CBAs, in the first eight games, he averaged 48% center yep. bounces. And then after that, he averaged 72 from round 10 onwards. Um, the thing is, though, that... 
once those center bounces shifted, the average that he put up actually didn't change all, all that much. So average 90 points the first eight games, again, on that 48%. And yep. then after that, with 72% CBAs, he went 88. So he actually went backwards. Um, now, I know there was the patches there, but before that patch, he was still playing some high sort of CBA time. So a lot of time through the midfield and um, the inconsistency was still there, which yeah. you would expect in a young guy. But for that reason, it makes it hard for me to really bank on him because what you need to do is he's, he's priced at 89 you need him to be going pretty close to maybe like 105 yeah, to yeah, be because there's worthwhile. guys there's guys out there that do have that 10 points of upside mm. um you know confidently yeah i found that stat interesting too mitch it's definitely uh was strange that his Did I steal your stat? no 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 okay. I've, I've, i'm <laughs> kind of going to compare it to, to something else in a sec but um yeah it was interesting that just because his cbas went up it didn't initially correlate with good scoring. That yeah. could be a change of role. You're getting used to it as well. Potentially. The interesting part about that stat that I um, actually found accidentally was because on the, the website that I was looking at, Chad Warner and Callum Mills were right next to each other. So those first eight games where you said um, Chad Warner was playing lower CBAs, guess who yeah. was playing high CBAs in those games? Callum Mills. And yes. then it was almost like immediate, yeah, immediately yeah. they decided, hey, Callum Mills is going to spend less time in the midfield and Chad Warner is going to spend more time in the midfield. So when I saw that stat, um, it just kind of spoke to me about maybe the Sydney coaching staff's mindset. They have go, we've got this versatile guy in Callum Mills. We're going to use him more in a versatile role and Chad Warner is going to be our guy in the middle. So um, I know we're talking about Chad Warner, but it kind of just maybe highlights some of the things we spoke about point. Yeah. Yeah, so, in the yeah, last podcast. If you haven't checked out the over, overpriced uh, mids uh, podcast that we did the other day, uh, go and check that one out and you'll hear our full thoughts on Callum Mills, who yep. did make an appearance on that podcast. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I think like I sort of referenced, you need a guy like this. He's in the mid price uh, podcast, yep. but you really you're picking him at this price point to sort of be a premium. Yeah, he's an um, excellent in, as an underpriced premium. Yeah, um, and you know, even if he averages a hundred, it's 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 decent, it's okay, but you're still ten points off really that top eight sort of midfield. Um, look, a hundred is not terrible. But you'd probably, for it to be a really, really successful pick, you wanted to go 105. Um, and there's a few guys, like we talked about previously, like I'd much rather spend just like a little bit more and get up to like a Luke Davis Uniac. Tom Mitchell's not that much more expensive either. Yeah. I'm much more confident in those kind of a picks and I'd be more willing to pay up for those guys who I think have a similar points upside and then get you closer to uh, like a permanent uh, player in your team. That, that's sort of my thoughts. And it, I often find that this kind of range, this price range, is a lot of guys like that. I usually yeah. like shopping a little bit more expensive or, or a fair bit cheaper. So uh, it could definitely work. It's I think it would be a, a bold pick. Um, but, but yeah, yeah I, I can certainly... That, maybe a bit too bold for me. Yeah, it's bold, but it's one that I can certainly see being rewarded. Uh, it wouldn't, again, shock me if he had that breakout year where he averaged 105, 110, but, uh, 110 sorry, but um, not for me. Uh, next bloke on the list, Adam Chera. Yeah. Now, so- this for me is a little bit situational. I think that potentially the people who look at picking up Chera might have a little bit of a, a situation in mind, and, and that situation's got to do with the injury of Sam Walsh. Yeah. So... Um, 
Chera um, and some of the other Carlton midfielders kind of showed that when um, some of their midfield counterparts were out throughout the season that their scoring did pick up. Yep. So I think the people who are looking at Chera are probably looking at him from the perspective of, hey, what can I, what value can I get out of him between at the start of the season and when Walsh comes back? And is that value enough to then turn Chera into a stepping stone to a premium mid? Is that kind of how you would see Yeah, him? so it's a bit of a tough one and a cloudy one at the moment because obviously the reporting on Sam Walsh's injury is that he's out for round one, um, but I've heard some things saying that he's you know out for at least a month after that. Yeah. Some some you know uh, there was footage of him running laps the other day at you know two thirds pace, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I wonder if, like they yeah, recorded who? his max pace and they know oh yeah sixty six percent. Who's doing um, the fractions? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's it's tough because I agree he's he's very reliant on that. He he is kind of that guy that. You know, like we've said before, they've got a decent midfield. Um, you know, with the addition of Hewitt, obviously you've got other good players in there, like a, uh, the reigning Brownlow medalist, um, Cripper, and a few other guys in there. But I've got a stat in, in terms of when there was a, a player missing. So when one mid was injured, um, yeah. Chera put up an average of 67% in the CBAs okay. and averaged 105.3 points in those games. And I think that was across a 10-game sample size over the entire season. So they had a, a few injuries last season. Uh, Hewitt missed a lot of time towards the end. Patrick Cripps obviously missed a game in there. Uh, Walsh missed a few games at the, the start yeah. and at the end as well. So so if he, went at, if he went at 105, you'd pick him. However, I think it's so dangerous when you start to yeah. say, oh, if this guy's injured, or oh, if, if this... It just there's too many ifs, isn't it? Yeah. And you really don't want to be picking a guy relying on his teammates to be injured. And, and again, if if he was a stepping stone kind of a price, yeah, awesome, great, let's, X, let's do it. We can we can ride that pre uh, like the early season uh, boost in in value and and then trade him out. But I think when you, again you're around this price, he's priced at eighty eight seven hundred eighty thousand, just five thousand less than Chad Warner. Um, I, you don't want him to be someone that you're going to have to trade as soon as some of those guys come back out because he's hurting you. Yeah. You know, if Walsh comes back at week four, week five, you're you're in upgrade territory. So you don't want to be trading out a guy, Adam Chera, um, who's sort of in that kind of weird spot where it's not bad enough to trade, but not good enough to sort of stick it, uh, stick it close enough to those big dogs. Yeah, he's kind of in no man's land because of his price. And as we go down the list, I think there's some options that might be a little more appetizing. Yes, yes. It, it, the only thing I will say just to finish on, on Cherry, if we do find out that there's another injury or, or maybe there's a setback or whatever the case happens with Sam Walsh and we know it's a, a much longer period of time, well, then my antennas poke up and I am pretty, I am pretty keen because yeah. obviously we've got a bit more consistent data that he can reach those ceilings. He's 23 years old still, so he's still improving and a young young player. Um, so I think that he can uh, he can uh, he can definitely do it if, if the opportunity is there. It's just how long is that going to be sustained for? Yep, good call. Um, next player we are looking at here is, uh, well, I think we should spend a bit of time on this guy because a lot of players uh, are very hot on this guy. Mm. Um, I think to shout out another podcast, he was a... Uh, a guy most recently highlighted in the 50 Most Relevant by the uh, coaches panel. Yeah, um, nice. And a few guys got very excited over there about this guy, Tom Green, for the GWS Giants. And I think a lot of that excitement, Mitch, comes from the fact uh, that two of his teammates from last year have departed. And uh, a lot of people are suggesting that that means an uptick in um, in CBA percentage, which, I mean, you can see happening. Yeah. Um, 
This is a guy who in 2021 went at 69 and then in 2022 at 84. So he showed improvement. And there's still room for those that CBA percentage to go up, which actually... Yeah, um, it's lower than I thought from memory. Like I thought he was in there more, but only... what's Where's the number here? 41% on the season. Like that just seems yeah. really We're, low for a player like Tom Green. Yeah, I've, Sorry, got, I've got yeah, I've got fifty eight percent for twenty twenty two. So, <laughs> I mean, still, that it, is that is lower exactly. Than when we know that the elite midfielders in the comp kind of go around that eighty mark, even higher for some of them, you think that means that there's a, some upside for Tom Green. A couple of little things, however, that kind of made me a little bit uneasy. When you dig into his stats, he's not a huge mark guy. Um, I know that when we're looking at fantasy players, we really want to see them with um, pretty inside dominant. Yeah, we want to see him with a, a sort of a diversified. Um, stat breakdown um, so that, that can that can be tough if he's not taking marks and he has a, a game where the tackles are a little bit down suddenly those points dry up a little bit mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was just something that, that um, made me feel a little bit uneasy um, what uh, what were your thoughts on Tom Green? Yeah I think I think he's he's one of those guys that I think is going to get if there's a few players out there that play multiple formats you know in, in terms of the super coach and AFL fantasy I think he shines a lot brighter in a super coach format because he's such a good contested player um, he's sort of like this this inside bull Clearances. Um, clearance guy um, yeah. but like you said it lacks a bit of those marks he's kind of like that hopper sort of type player that Matty Rao sort of type player that's obviously really good at what he does but doesn't always translate to fantasy scores yeah. in my opinion and we know the guys who go enormous are the guys who take marks and tackle yeah, yeah. I think um, I think he's, he's obviously a, a gun he, he was a high draft pick pick 10 in the 2019 draft and there's a lot of big raps on the guy um, he I've got a stats about games so obviously he he played games last year somewhere obviously lower than CBAs than others but in the games where he averaged 50% or more CBAs he went at a 91.5 average yep. uh, which is obviously a little bit up, up from his price tag but again it, I would it's not enough for me to sort of jump on and say okay he's going to see an increase in CBAs and therefore he is like he's going to take this next step of the guys that we've talked about so far, I'm probably the most keen for, for Tom Green because I can definitely see a sustained increase in his role, increase in his usage, yeah. and he's young enough and the team will look different enough that exactly, yeah, we've he's going to be maybe a featured point of that team. But yeah, we've got reasons to believe, you know, in um, Taranto and Hopper going out, reasons to believe that these things, that um, his average will increase, sorry. And he's had, he's had flashes with ceiling scores. Like last year, first game of the season came out with a 133. Um, that was his highest score of the season. The first three games, all tons. Uh, so he, he has shown that upside, uh, at least in, in patches, similar to as Chad Warner. Um I think obviously the difference between he and Chad Warner is slightly cheaper, but also the absence of two of those guys um, that were in the midfield a lot before last season gives him that slight leg up for me. I still think that he's the kind of player that you leave off your starting team, but if he goes big in that first round or two, you can you can jump on and yeah. you, I don't think you'll miss the boat too much. No. If that makes sense, he did go big in his first few rounds last year, but and, and those away. people that jumped on got burnt. So, I, but I don't think he's going to get stuffed around as much this season. No, as I would, ag- I would agree with you that on that. And um, to support Mitch's stat about the CBAs before, you really notice a, a drop in um, his last six games. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he fell away in CBAs. So all of his last six games were under 50% CBAs and there's scores of 55, 43, 53 and 57. Like those yeah. are pretty stinky scores. Um, so for me, he needs CBA attendances to score well. Yeah, I mean, and the weird thing is that, like, I don't know why he, like, I don't feel like he's the guy that can play anywhere but the midfield. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's a, a prolific forward or no. he's not the guy that you put on a wing or in defense. Like, he, he is a midfield only guy. So, if if it was me running the team, he'd be in there 75, 80% because, yeah. I mean, that's what he's excellent at and he's not really contributing a lot else in the team. So, uh, when you've got guys leaving, I don't think there's much of an excuse. The other thing we haven't touched on again, the game style. Maybe it's not as friendly. Maybe it is. We don't really know. But if we're going to apply those concerns to other players, it's, we've got to apply it to, to Tom Green as yeah. well. We can't all Same just have those breakout colored glasses <laughs> and uh, just say, oh, yeah, he's coming in. He's going to average 110 or 105. Yeah. Um, when, obviously, if you have those concerns with other players, I think, obviously, it applies to Tom Green as well. So Definitely. Yeah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Fair point. Um, okay, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, we, yeah. So, next? so the next bloke we've got here, I actually saw a video pop up of this fella on Twitter, and uh, I think the caption was like, Dylan Sheel absolutely flying at training. And the video was literally of him just running just 10 run. metres, <laughs> kick, yeah. kicking 35, 40-metre pass. I was like, wow, he's, he must be flying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. This guy's an absolute gun. Oh, the reporting. It's always fun this time of year, hey? Yeah, yeah. Don't um, yeah, don't read into it too much, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to do I, your own I, research. I sent a tweet out that I, just one time I'd love to have a report of someone saying, uh, so-and-so's just rocked up to training, he's overweight, you know, he's... <laughs> He's training shit. Like, <laughs> just an know, honest assessment. Just an honest assessment. Don't bother with this guy, guys. Um, <laughs> but you, you're never going to hear those reports, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, no. We know why, but... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Dylan. No doubt you are flying, mate. Um, uh, look, his rig looked good. I will give him that. Mate, There's a couple he's, of photos going around. He's always had a good chassis. So, um, statistics-wise, in the last nine games of uh, last year, mm-hmm. he actually went at 98. So, yep. at the moment... He's, 98.5 after the buys. Yeah, well. yeah, so... He's priced at 84. 84, yep. Okay, so if we're looking at that, then we're looking at more than 10 points of upside there. So uh, I think if, if you would say, hey, Dylan Shield is guaranteed to go at 98 or 100, you'd be very interested there. Yeah, you'd be pretty happy with that. However, there's a few unknowns, aren't there? So yep. at Essendon, we've got a new coach this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not only do we have a new coach, but we've also got some star midfielders that mm. are getting around in that Essendon team. So... For me, something's got to give, and I just don't know what it is yet. Do you think that he gets moved out of that midfield before Merritt? I think he's a less talented midfielder than Merritt, but do I think Dylan Shield can play another position? Yeah. No, but do I, do I even think Zach Merritt can really play another position? I mean, maybe a at, wing, uh, yeah, at, at a stretch. They've but, got a lot of halfbacks. But are you going to play? You're not going to play Merritt, yeah. do you know what I mean? I know so, what you're saying, yeah. And even even for me, Darcy Parrish, you, you don't think, wow, I can't wait to see Darcy Parrish play at half four. No, or half I mean, that's, that's the thing with Essendon, right? They've got yeah. all these guys that they, they're not the most versatile of players and, and can't play multiple roles. So so that that for me, with a, a new coach coming in, I, I feel as though um, 
one of these midfielders needs to... I mean, maybe Shield is the best forward out of those guys. Well, yeah, but one of them, I think, has to reinvent themselves and not necessarily reinvent themselves into a new role, but maybe, like, into a new position, sorry, but maybe even just reinvent themselves in terms of their role in the midfield. Right. Um, You know that within all AFL clubs, even though you've got, you know six to eight midfielders. They yeah. don't all play the same role no, in the midfield. You've got your sweeper, so, you've got your defensive mid, you yeah. got your first touch guy. Yeah. So while statistically here, Dylan Shield promises a bit of upside based on what he did at the back half of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and and based on what he's done in seasons past. Yeah. He's had a few seasons where he's done 98, 95 before. Yeah, so, so 98's his high score, isn't it? Yeah. Based, yeah, on his previous season. So yeah. um, he, along with everyone else at Essendon, is a watch for me. Yeah, I think, I think. I mean, well, first of all, he... he Crosses the uh, the, the over thirties rule. Oh, sorry, I don't. He's, he's norm- also he's normally also, I'm quick to put yeah, shit know, on you for that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, twenty nine and ten months. So by the start of the season, he will be essentially thirty years old. So uh, look, I'm not expecting Dylan Shields' best season at age thirty. Um, and again, if he like, if, if we put ninety eight as as his absolute ceiling uh, price at eighty four, there's fourteen points of upside. Again, you're not quite crossing that 100, 105 marker, that awkward price. So for me, it's a bit of a cross. I know some people have been sort of... uh Pretty keen on him because of his second half last year, but yeah, again, feels like we're uh, we're crossing a few people off this list. We might have to. Might this have is to, good. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not crossing Tom Green off. I'm probably not crossing off Chad Warner. Yeah. Um, I'm skeptical. They're going to have to really prove it to me. But there's a couple um, of cheaper guys coming that I think we might have yes, a slightly different. Yes, take and, on, and that's so. what I was sort of saying before. Like I like to shop in that slightly cheaper price tag, but yep. uh, these guys probably will be unique. And yeah. and there's just because I'm off them doesn't mean they're going to not perform well. Um, but yeah, just sort of giving you my rationale as to why I don't think they may be the best picks. Uh, the next guy here again, another guy getting a lot of hype in the preseason. Another. Uh, good couple of photos of of some pipes that I've seen going around. Uh, <laughs> Who are we talking about? Sam Berry of the uh, Adelaide yeah. Crows. Yeah, he no, was sneaky good last year. He is. He's a very good tackler. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> oh my God! I'm telling you, I don't write this stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Let's start. Let's we'll move, move on. We'll move on. Um, no, Sam Berry. Hanging fruit there. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, no, Sam Berry, oh, I didn't do too much research into Sam Berry, and maybe it's because he just doesn't excite me all that much. Uh, maybe I'm being, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need He's to... He's got a name. Yeah, yeah, maybe I need to do more digging. Um, it's it's freakish that a guy who averaged 84 last uh, season also averaged almost 10 tackles. I think he led the comp in tackles. Yes. Um, yeah, so <laughs> So I kind of... I go like, where are the rest of the points? <laughs> <laughs> where are the rest of the stats? So, yeah. But you could look at that two different ways, right? Like, yeah. you can look at it, okay, he led the comp in tackles. Like, that's a great flaw for a, a young player. And, you know, if he's going to stay in that midfield, he's only probably going to get more experience and better and get more disposals, and that's probably going to lift his... And that's where the improvement's going to come from. So, we, so You could 10- also look at that and go... You led the league in tackles, you still only average 84 points. Like, yeah, that's it. So he's almost averaging talent. 40 points in tackles and he's only averaging 80 overall. So there's only 40 points there from other stats. Yeah. And that's also with high 60% yes, CBAs too. So I know we talk about the fact that guys can um, increase their CBAs up into the 80s. Um, I just feel as though a guy who's already averaging almost 70% CBAs needs to be getting more than 40 points mm. from other stats than tackles. I will say, after the buys, average 76% CBAs, um, putting up a 91 average in that okay. time. So, 
Again, you've got nine points of upside just based on that alone. So I think that's probably where I expect him at a minimum. Um, you know, being 21 years old, you'd expect that he's probably going to, you know, get a little bit better. So perhaps he's a 95 to 100 sort of a player. Still not huge upside, um, is it? Not, not the biggest upside. But again, if he does sort of figure it out and, and become a bit more of an accumulator, spread from stoppages a little bit more, uh, there is potential there. Um, obviously, he's looking fit. Uh, what's your what's your kind of um, not going to call it a rule because it'd be flexible but how many points of upside do you have to hypothetically see to think this guy's going to be some people some people have like a 20 points of upside or a 25 points upside some people have like you've got to average this much for me it's very dependent on what I'm paying for the player and what I want that player to be for my team do I want them to be a keeper do I want them to be a stepping stone what do I what's your role in my team going to be so with a lot of these guys, that's why I don't like shopping in this price range because it, it's hard to figure out. It's hard to, to go and say that, okay, Sam Berry's going to go from 84, put on 20 points on that average and average 104, which he would really need to be to be like a keeper, a keeper until you're yeah. at luxury trade time. Yeah. Um, you know, if he puts on 15 points, it's it's not quite close enough to those big dogs to sort of, like I said, it's that... Not good enough to not bad enough to drop. Not good enough to um, sort of keep uh, long term. So for these kind of price ranges, I'm, I'm looking at that 105 range okay. mark. Um, when we get a bit cheaper and they're more of a stepping stone for the midfielders, I want to be sort of in that 90 yeah. average if they're sort of like 20, 25 points of, of upside. Um, that's kind of my rule. Defense midfield, I'm looking at sort of close to that 80, 85 mark because, again, that's a bit close to the, the top six in those lines. Um, midfield, I'm, I'm wanting a little bit more, which is why it's I'm usually limiting myself to maybe one or two of these sort of mid-price options in the in the midfield line. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you, do you have a specific rule that you're thinking about or is it just sort of... Yeah, not so much at this stage. Like, uh, it's it's only really my second year in, so I'm kind of being guided by by the things that I read and, and um, by the research that I do at this stage as well. But, um, yeah. So let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about the grasshopper. The grasshopper. Now, the grasshopper Jacob Hopper. Now, um, Mitch, I know you're not super interested in the grasshopper. Um, look, I, I'm not coming out and saying that I would... Uh, pick him straight away in my team either but there is a world where I can see that he's got some upside so let's have a little bit of a talk uh, about historically so last season uh, he only managed seven games um, six of those came right at the end of the season and mm-hmm. he he wasn't uh, doing anything to write home about so uh, last year his average was 66 which it would be amazing if he was priced at that but he's not He's priced yeah. at eighty. So were he priced at sixty six, and I think everyone would I be falling, yeah, falling over themselves to get him in. He's priced at eighty. Look, I can see he's going to the Tigers. So we talk about um, we talk about the Tiger game style and the fact that they've only had one bloke go over a hundred in you know in the last six years. But, I'm waiting to be sold here. Yeah, look, <laughs> uh, see, I if if Hopper plays at Richmond and he plays predominantly midfield, which I think he, he will, which I think he will, yep. and he gets up to the 70-80% CBAs, I don't see a world where he averages any less than 95. 95? Yeah. yeah. See, see, I think I think his his role in the midfield will be predicated on that um like that tackle pressure, getting the clearances out. I think he's a guy that with the, that many CBAs uh, up near the 80%, I think he can go in the 90s. Like he's shown so 2019, he went at 92. 2021, he went at 90. I just, 
for me, I, I think he's going into a midfield where he's going to be a very valued member of that midfield. He's going to be doing um, all the hard things in there. And, uh, like, there's no world where I see him going well over 100 and becoming a premium midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's been he's been to the mid-90s before. He's kind of shown us that he can do it. And I think for some some guys, just going to that new club is what it takes to to really lock in your best footy. I think and um, Richmond, just sorry to cut you off again, yeah, Mitch, but um, Richmond have historically shown that players go to Richmond and they play good football. I mean, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm barracking for the guy. Obviously, he's a, he's a <laughs> member of my bloody footy team, but uh, just from a fantasy point of view, I think again, he strikes me very much as like a super coach kind of player, that inside only kind of type. I don't know if we've seen the his ability to you know spread from stoppage just yet, and I don't think he's going to find that in the Richmond system. Um, you know, you reference the twenty, like you reference if he gets good CBAs. Like if I talk about the two thousand twenty one uh, season, he averaged seventy three percent. So that's pretty high already. Average eighty nine points that season for uh, a GWS team, which is probably much more friendly fantasy. Uh, it was at that team, stage, yeah, um, than, than the Richmond Tigers. Uh, despite how uh, good I think we can be this year, and I think obviously that might see some of those fantasy points come up for the Tigs. Um, I still think that. You know, even if he goes a little bit over that, you know, 90, between 90 and 95, which I think is probably best case scenario, you're still looking at less than 15 points upside. And again, you're not, yeah. you're not close to that top eight mids. So for me, I, I actually think that, you know, potentially he's getting a lot of hype in the other formats because he's a lot cheaper because of the AFL pricing, pricing mechanism. Uh, I don't, don't really think it's a very good pick. And I, yeah, I think of all the players on this this list we're talking about here, he's probably the easiest scratch for me. Oh, of all the players, okay, yeah, that's I interesting. So. I knew you weren't high on him, but I, I didn't. Um, I didn't think he would be the easiest scratch because I know there's some people out there on Twitter it's just that his are, price. It's, it's it's like if if he was sixty six, then it's, it's a completely different story. Yeah, his price at eighty one. Um, and well, I just don't see much more than 10 points upside. Yeah, it could be a bit of a spicy take from you too because I think you may have seen it as well, but getting around on Twitter, people, I don't know if it's it's the whole new club. new club. Is it the new yeah, club new thing? Yeah, new club. So, like, you know, the, you know the, he's obviously going to be playing a lot of mid-time. So he's um, the easiest scratch for you. Does that mean are, are you still going to be like watching him in the preseason or are you kind of going... i too much attention yeah, to him. I mean, okay. I'll probably watch him because I like watching the Tigers and I want to see how he goes from a footy perspective. But yeah. he would have to... I mean, I don't know what he could do in the preseason to come out and make me pick him because I'm Expecting him to get 70, 75% CBAs. Yeah. I try not to get swayed by scores in the preseason. Yeah, okay, well, um, well. You know, we've seen Jaden Short go off for 170 in the preseason, come out and average 94. So I, I, I don't see a world where I start Jacob Hopper at yeah. all, really, at this stage. All right, well, I hope the grasshopper proves you wrong. But oh, we'll, we'll, okay, well, okay. We'll, we'll move on to the next one, eh? I hope you're wrong and that he doesn't prove me wrong. All right, well, let's, look, uh, let's, let's clarify that because... I said that he'd average around... I said that I think he could average around 95. It's only 15 points of upside. Am I picking him in my team? Yeah, so no. Even in your best case scenario? Yeah, I'm probably not picking my team. I just yeah. have a slightly different... Right. Le- maybe a less... Uh, less pessimistic. Less finite take right. than you, I yeah, think. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Uh, no, I think he's a shocking pick. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to someone else. Uh, this guy here intrigues me a little bit. Um, Josh Ward of the, uh, the Hawthorne Hawks. He is a second-year player, um, had really good junior numbers, yep. uh, I think, from memory. And um, obviously, we've got a couple of big names leaving the Hawks, and uh, he seems to be their 
Their big young gun that they want to get in there. He averaged 89 points after the buys on 28% CBAs. Yeah, that was uh, intriguing how he actually... It's a weird thing. Um, I was expecting him to have seen more CBAs. I think he actually saw more CBAs at the start of the season. Yeah, so so in the first first five games, he went closer to like 50 to 60% CBAs, uh, which is strange. And I mean, he's got some low scores in those games, but... He's a guy starting his footy career as well. So yeah. how much you read into that, I don't know. But yeah, I found that intriguing too that he went and averaged. What did you say he averaged in that? Uh, he averaged 89. 89. Of, yeah. Of, um, rookie year. I think that was, yeah, I don't man. know, the sample size. He didn't come back right from the buys. I think it was like six or seven games. So again, the smaller sample size. He had a, so he he had had a, a ceiling game in there. Like, <laughs> it's like 134. With 19% CBAs in that game. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe... Is it a bit of an outlier? I mean, it definitely demonstrates that he has the ability to rack up good stats. Yeah, and I think if you look back to last year, he was one of the big three rookies that were touted as coming out and um, being big accumulators. So mm. you had you had Dacos, obviously, you had Ward, and then you had Horn Francis as well. And I think from memory that I might have watched that big game, and I think it, it seemed to me as though Sam Mitchell just released the shackles and just said, go find the pill, young yeah. fella. Um, he, didn't, uh, he didn't necessarily seem against to be... the Eagles. They won by 25. Don't think that's going to happen a lot. No, no, probably not. But if if you can find the pill at an elite level as a junior, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't suddenly stop. So, um, I also with Tom Mitchell uh, leaving this year, I also don't see a world where he um, goes thirty seven percent CBAs again. I think he's at mm. least looking at more than fifty, if yeah. not more. And for me. Um, he's the guy that they're probably going to want to build their club around. Would you agree? He's their, their, he's I, I their high think draft so, pick. I would think so, yeah. I think, um, what, what, what pick was he? Was he how high? He was number seven pick, obviously. Yeah. So they've invested a lot of draft capital in him. So they've got a vested interest in kind of, you know, getting him exposure in that midfield. They've obviously don't mind doing that in his rookie season, came out and was in there pretty much straight away. Um, so when you average 89 in 20% CBAs, like how high can he go if he hits 60%? Yeah, uh, like could he push ninety ninety five? Um, we've seen second year breakouts kind of like that before. So I think Clayton Oliver was an example. Um, price, yeah, price seventy one. So you probably want him to go. You know, if you if you maybe put twenty twenty five points on that. 95 is probably what I would hope to get for a player like that. Yeah, he's a, a big guy. ask. Well, he's a guy that's capable of it. Like I said, if you, if you rack up if you rack it up in those numbers in the juniors, you you don't suddenly lose that overnight. So it'll be a close watch because Sam Mitchell was a bit spicy with with what he was doing in the midfield uh, last year. Mm. It'll just be interesting to see whether they've kind of settled into a rhythm with what they're going to do this year. Yep. Um, and uh, I think. I know you said you're not watching the preseason too closely, but I think that... I'd be um, definitely watching Josh Ward. Yeah, so I think that we'll see some things pretty definitively about his role in yes. the preseason, if not the first couple of games of the season. Yes, I think so. The only thing that would maybe... like I, Again, I think it would be pretty. it would be a pretty bold pick. I think it'd be a pretty brave pick because... Again, he's the kind of he's he's cheap enough that if you see a big game from him round one, and he's got high CBAs and, and you know matches up with everything in the preseason and the wording coming out, I think he's a guy that you can quickly jump on across, and he won't get away from you too fast. Um, yeah. But I think it would be a pretty bold choice to go with him. Like you know, we reference his 133 points, but. He had games where he scored 27. He had games where he scored 40. I know that early on in his career, but yeah. he could hurt you early as well. And, um, yeah. you know, when, when they fail at that kind of a price, 
there's not a lot to go to. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah, got to kind of come do do? down to a rookie, yeah. or you like find the money to go up to a premium. It's hard to it's yeah. hard to find that price, but to get him in, I think it's pretty easy. So uh, that's where I'd be kind of leaning early stages. But again, if he comes out and really smashes in the preseason and the role is there, the scores and like you can you can just watch him and see that he's in for a big year. I wouldn't rule it out for me just yet, but again, he'd have to probably impress me uh, a fair bit. Now, let's talk about perhaps uh, the man that's probably the, been the most spoken about um, on Twitter Something and weird as in well. the fantasy community, yeah, Dom Sheed. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought oh, we were going somewhere else. You're yes, going Dom, somewhere else? Dom my, Sheed, yes. My apologies, Dom Sheed. So, um, I suspect you're keen to talk about Dom oh, Sheed. I'm very keen to talk about Dom Sheed. Absolutely. Now, he's an interesting operator because to look at him, you think, hang on. Shannon Hearn's hairline must be contagious. And then you look and you see he's only 28 years yeah, old. Yeah, I thought he was older. I don't know. Yeah, I don't now, know why. Now, I probably shouldn't be um, throwing rocks in my glass <laughs> house over here. But um, Dom Sheed's a reasonably young fella. He's 28 and um, he's, he feels like he's been around so much longer, I guess. That's probably... He's our age. He's, he's April 10, <laughs> 1995. Um, not far from your birthday there. No, yeah. Jeez. So, have, you, uh, have you kicked a goal to win it on grand final day? Uh, yeah. I have not. No, so, I haven't either. So, so I think I think Dom Sheed's got one up on us. Yeah, there you, on <laughs> there you go. So, uh, no, but um, yes, obviously, yeah, I for some reason thought he was a bit older too. Maybe just I feel like every Eagles midfielder is old. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, they, they've achieved so much, a lot of them. So, um. He is, I believe he's priced at 67. 60. If you can believe that. What is he at? Priced at, sorry, I'll bring it up right now. I had it just before. 66.8, yes. Yeah. 67. Um, so you know, I've got a, a not so. 591,000 K. I've got a not so bold take here because I think this, this to me is pretty obvious. But if he plays a full healthy season, he's not going close to 67. Oh, he's, he's going 90 plus. well above. Yeah. And so. If if he plays a full um, healthy season, he's easily ninety plus. So straight so. away, there's twenty three right. points of upside. Yep. Um, and you know you haven't even probably stretched the estimate of where he could yeah. get yeah, to. Yeah, I think that's very comfortable. So you've got two questions: Is he going to play a full season? Yep. Uninjured. Early reports okay. are that he's training well and he's looking fit. Yeah. So positive ticks there so far. Exactly. So for me. Uh, he, this is a guy who'll probably start in my team. He's in my team right now. To be honest, um, I yeah. think of everyone that we've talked about, and I think everyone that we will talk about today. He's the guy that I think is probably the early. I, I hate throwing a word, the word lock around. I know it gets used a lot in fantasy, but yeah. he's he's the guy that I think is the early favorite to be locked away into my side. Um, and he is at that price now where it's a stepping stone price. Like yep. you go up a fair amount of cash when you average 90, 95 and you start at the price of 68 or 67. Yep. And um, I think that's, a, that's enough uh, to justify that kind of a pick. Um, and he's, you know, I think he's pretty comfortably going to go 90, 95. Um, you know, the guys in the midfield are aging out a little bit. Maybe Shuey comes out of that, that midfield a bit. We've already seen Jack Redden kind of come out of that midfield as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be him, Tim Kelly. Uh, maybe their young guy, Jai Cully, oh, might come yeah. in there a little bit. And then, you know, Shuey's going to be in there a little bit as well. So they're kind of your main, your main guys. Um, I don't really see a reason as to why he wouldn't be in there, at least sort of like... 65, 70% of the time. Yeah, and it's uh, just, so, it's yeah. just like I said, it's just a matter of health. Um, for and I will Dom say, I will say those, those scores where he's put up 95, 92, 91 in the past, they've been on like 50, 55, 60% CBA. So there is, I think there's actually room for him to 
better those seasons. Yeah, so I especially put like, it out of the realm of possibility that he goes and averages 100. Yeah, especially like you mentioned with some of those other guys perhaps taking a bit more of a backseat um, to Sheed. So, um, yeah, I think he's a great pick. Of the guys on this list, I think he, he might be the pick. Um, and although I mentioned um, can he be healthy... I mean, he has shown in previous years that he played the majority of the games. Um, 2020, he only played the 17 games, um, uh, COVID year. Um, but, you know, other than that, um, he's proved that he's got reasonable health. Yeah, I like it. Let's so. move on to the next guy. All right, so the next guy here that we're going to talk about um, is a guy that um, he's been getting some talk. I'm, I'm surprised to you know, see the amount of talk that he was getting. Um, but I looked into the stats a little bit more, and there might be something here. And and that player is Will Setterfield for the Essendon Bombers. Um, 25 years old, obviously moving over from the Blues. A lot of people may be optimistic that he is one of the guys, I think I've left him off a few times where I've talked about the Essendon midfield, but some people think that he might go in there and get some CBAs. He did get some, you know, towards the very end of the year. I think it was just a couple of games. Um, now, in keeping in mind, the Blues were pretty injured at that point. I think Sam Walsh might have been might have been out for one of those games. Uh, Hewitt was out for a lot of those games. Yep. Um, so he was, they were kind of... Running out of bodies there, and he obviously might have uh, obviously helped fill the void, and he scored mm. pretty decently. Yeah, when he went in there, he um, uh, went at scores one at the end of the season, 101, 77, 72, and then 99 and 89 to finish off the year. Yeah. So, um, you know, an average there over those last five games puts him well above where he's priced at, which is only 68. Yeah. So... Um, he's, he's, he was, been a, he's been a high draft. Like he was the pick, the fifth pick in the 2016 draft, and he yeah. hasn't really shown the the potential that I think that obviously Carlton, uh, sorry, or the Giants who drafted him, um, you know, and, and Carlton who obviously had him, um, maybe hoped for or expected. So yeah. um, I don't know. He was he was an interesting one for me too. I, I'd kind of just not dismissed him a little bit, but I, I hadn't done a lot of digging until we were about to do this podcast and um, once I got into the numbers I was similar to you I was kind of like there's there's some value there because the other thing that I was reading too is that um, is that he went across to Essendon making it quite clear that he was looking for more yeah, opportunity for, in the midfield yeah. so you have to wonder how that conversation goes you know you sit down you're about to get traded to a club um, you know you go to the Essendon coaching staff and you say oh I want to play more mid midfield time if they're bringing you in, they're probably saying, you, yeah, you we, we think, think you can. That's like why he's there. But exactly. I, I, I don't know if this is the right way to go, but I'm, all, I'm always sceptical with that sort of stuff. I'm like, okay, well, how much leverage does Will Satterfield have? Um, like, is he getting any many other offers out there? Like, that might be the reason or what they say in the interviews and things like that, but is the reality the fact that he's really only got two other clubs that like want him in their side? Yeah, but if, if Essendon say to him, uh, look, mate, you Bide your time. You're going to have to play off halfback like he was. He's probably going. Oh, I'll just stick it out with Carlton. I um, know the financial aspect comes into yeah. it as well. Yeah. Um, it definitely does. But this is a guy who's who's shown he can rack up the footy. So after after he had that stint at the end of the year uh, with Carlton, yep. he actually then went back and played in Carlton's VFL finals. And um, one of those games included a forty disposal, two goal game. Oh wow! Okay. So guys, just like for footy context, guys who get forty disposals in any game, that's 
you don't do that by chance. Like, no. like if you're um, if you get forty disposals, you know how to rack up the footy. Yeah, you're going to um, find that, it. Getting, yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen by accident. So I think there's there's some like pedigree there, obviously from juniors as well. Yep. Um, and it sounded from all the articles that I read like he was keen to show show what he's got. Yeah, he um, also he also has a activated sub affected game where he scored five points baked into his average. So. Um, you know, even just on his, you know, uh, general average, um, you know, you put a five amongst those scores mm. there and it's going to bring your Very price right that. down. Um, look, it, he would have to impress me a fair bit yep. in the uh, in the preseason. I have to see a very distinct midfield role and feel confident that that was going to continue. Um, I'm not ruling it out, but he's got a bit of an uphill battle to prove him worthy for my fantasy side. But where I probably may have might have dismissed him before, just based on kind of the name and, and sort of... You know, before digging into it, uh, he's now someone that I, I'll at least monitor sort of his uh, his role in the preseason. Uh, do you say that you're sort of thinking the same thing? Yeah, yeah, I was buoyed by what I was reading, um, but with all these guys, you, you're watching, aren't you? All right, let's talk about this next guy here. Back to the Wiggles, uh, Jai Cully is a guy that I um, I'm actually I'm pretty keen on. He is You're a big someone, fan of the dreddies? Oh, Do you still got the dreddies? Oh. Uh, I hope so. Man, don't shave those dreddies. Um, we need less mullets and more dreadlocks in the uh, less mullets. In AFL. Don't say that, mate. Oh, yeah, I might have a mob after me with the mullet talk. Um, so I think he was obviously the first pick in the midseason draft last year. Played only four games. One of those games was uh, an early sub. Um, so uh, obviously four games, you get that discount on your average. To also have an injured score in that average as well obviously brings your price down. When you look at a player like a Jayakali, he averaged, um, what did he do? He averaged 78 points in his three unaffected scores. Obviously, very small sample size, but um, that's already over 22 points of upside based on his price. What were his CBAs? Do you know what his CBAs his were? CBAs in those, in those three games was 58%. Okay, does, so he, he does he get that midfield. same time, do you think, when well, the Weagles have got their full complement? Well, I think he probably should. Um, like He's a young kid. He's still 19, I think, turning 20 this season. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk about the Eagles getting young very fast. I mean, like, I think you've got to you've got to put him in there. And the fact that he's been drafted in the midseason draft, come into the side last year, gone straight into the middle. I think his first game forty five percent, second game seventy eight percent, the yeah. third game he was injured on thirty two percent, and then obviously he came back for the final game of the season had fifty percent. So I think that there's room for him to get sort of at like sixty percent, fifty five percent CBAs. Um, you know, full preseason under his belt. Obviously, he's come in as a mid-season draft player. I'd imagine. I mean, I mean, you could probably attest to this better. That might be a difficult situation for a, a guy to yeah, do. Yeah, it would take a bit, unless yeah. your name is um, Marlon Pickett. And uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just see decent upside here. You know, maybe 20, 25 points of upside. It's yeah. it'd be bold. Um, I don't know if many people are talking about him, but I think that there, there's something there. Um, yeah, I, look, Mitch, I don't flat out disagree with you, but there's a reason he came in and went straight to the midfield. West Coast was shit. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I hate, yeah, I hate to put it bluntly, yeah. but there's a reason why he came straight in. I, I You've got Dom Sheed coming back. Yeah, look, if, um, if West Coast... Um, get their full complement of midfielders back and they start to get in a bit of a rhythm, I probably see those CBA percentages dropping. But don't get me wrong, I can see a world where you're right and, and you know, he does continue on in there. I know that they um, they love Jai Cully's uh, pressure and tackling. I know yeah. that's something that, yep. um, that he's renowned for. Um, and all teams need players like that in their midfield. So for me, that one could it go either way. three games that he was in the side... 
first game, 11 tackles. Yeah. Second game, seven tackles. And then the third game, 10 tackles. So Sounds like he's uh, very good as well. Yeah, he does sound like he's very good. And if he comes out and average, you know, what did Barry put up last year? 88? Oh, oh, he's average, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so if he, if I mean, I'm not saying he's going to come out and do that, but if he does that, there's 30-plus points of upside. So I hope you're right. Uh, look, it's a bit of a stretch. I'm reaching a little bit. I, again, I, I am watching, and I like I said, I don't think he's on many people's radars, so maybe just add him to the watch list um, yep. if he wasn't on there already um, and uh, sort of see if he fits your structure because, again, it might come back down to that for a lot of these guys. Yeah. Uh, let's move on quickly to the next guy. I, I don't know if I want to spend a lot of time on him, but I just want to mention Xavier Dersma. Um, is, that, is he the... Uh, yeah, he's the, he's the bow and arrow. He, bow he and ripped arrow. that straight off uh, Jamal Murray, by the way. Uh, Did he? Yeah, that's, a, that's an NBA thing. I mean... Yeah, but how long has Murray been doing it? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, a little while. I mean, I'm not defending Xavier Dersma. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah. Katniss, I mean, Katniss I, Everdeen, I, I reckon we need more celebrations in the, in the AFL. Actually, I'm, I'm all for it. A bit it, more but, mayo, uh, you reckon? But, but what maybe, would you, what would you just, do? You know, do your own thing. What would know. be your, your goal celebration? I don't know. Maybe I'm we putting could, you on the spot. Maybe yeah. we could do like 3-3 three, three for a goal. So, you know, <laughs> bring back the goggles or something. So, so the fans have to do a basic addition <laughs> to work out what's... No, you, Bring I'll, back the goggles, man. Look, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some time to think about it. i the next podcast because that's rubbish. <laughs> oh, mate, come on. Uh, all right. But anyway, Xavier Dersma, look, his best season so far was his debut season in the AFL. He's priced very cheaply at uh, 50, where is he at? 55. So you see that price tag, you think Xavier Dersma, he's a quality player, but I don't know if you can do it. Uh, again, he, yeah. look, he... Maybe he sees some more opportunity. He was a sub a few times, was injured a couple of times, so that's bringing his average down. But I think there's still some pretty putrid scores in there um, that, uh, if I just bring up his average from last year. Yeah, there's too much inconsistency. I think he scored from memory. There was a... Okay, so he's got a 14 in there that was a sub-affected game, a 24 that was uh, an injured game. Um, but he also still played a full game and put up 38. A yeah. full game put up 45. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. No. Um, I just wanted to mention his name because I think, obviously, he's very cheap. People yep. might be looking at him. But, yeah, keep an eye on him. Uh, yeah, again, one of those guys that I think might be one of the easiest scratches on this list. Uh, yes. Let's move on to another really cheap player. Is it our last player as well? Our last guy. And I've seen this guy in a lot of teams so far. Um, oh, really? I have. I've seen him getting around a fair bit. I mustn't be looking at the right teams. <laughs> maybe maybe you are looking at the right teams. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but James Warple is our final guy here from the Hawks. Um, priced at 52 points, 463000 There's no doubting the fact that he's cheap. Sorry, I, th- I thought you were talking about a different fellow. I have oh. seen I have seen Warple in a few the teams. Warpedo, my, yes. My apologies, people. Uh, <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on... on the Warpedo in this year, obviously, with Tom Mitchell, Diego Amira gone from the side. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people uh, will justify having him in there looking back to particularly the 2019 season. Yep. So he averaged 96. And if he were to average 96 this year, then we're talking a significant, significant upside. 40-plus um, points. Upside. Yeah, so upside. That would make him a lock in your side. You have to have him. Absolutely. And there's a world where you can see it happening. Hey, so as you mentioned, so... Um, Tom Mitchell, uh, Jago Mira as well. Um, if Warple can remain healthy, you kind of see him playing, you know, high CBAs. Um, if you have high CBAs and you're a guy like James Warple, you're definitely going better than 52. Yeah, it's pretty atrocious. Like, Let me put it this way, though. And this, I, like, I, I know there's a lot of people who, who are pretty sold on Warple, have him as a lock, yeah. um, think he's going to be a, a comeback kind of a player. 
Uh, I just want to remind everyone, he played 47% CBAs last year. He was in there. Yeah. Um, now, there, again, there was a few affected games with injuries and things like that. So I don't think he's a 52, but I, I just I don't think he's coming back to be that guy that was 97 points yes. in 2019. Now, that was the year that Mitchell, I think, broke his leg. But yep. It was under a different coach. Yep. Um, I've heard a lot of reports that the coach hates him. Now. <laughs> I don't think he's his Have biggest you? fan. Um, okay. And... Okay. Like obviously the team is is worse than they were in 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah. What Mitch is referencing here is so the the sort of 47 percent CBAs predominantly came in kind of the first eight games of the season, and and in those eight games there was a 36, there was a 45, there was a 46, there was a 41. I'm assuming that 10 was an injury affected game. It wasn't. It was not. Oh an my goodness! Game. I, I, I can't pick him just so, on principle now. Yeah, that's that. Like honestly, ten, ten, ten in a game, a full. Game, mate. He must it have been riding the pine. He'd, he'd have splinters in his ass. Yeah. He, must, yeah. he, he had another ten later Jesus. that was injury infected. The last game of the season, round sixteen. But um, oh my god, that round four ten, that is a full game. So oh, I'm sorry, to me, James. I've got to have a look first. I I can't start a guy that goes out and in round four. Uh, I want to see what kind of. What if, what he if had he thirty five percent CBA, so he was out of it more so than his other games, but still thirty five percent, ten points. You're kidding Just me. Just go looking for the footy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you so going to do if he gives you a 10 next year? When that's God. your most recent output, I know you've done 97 in the past. I, I can't, with good confidence, trust a player like that in my yeah. starting roster. If he comes out and smashes it week one, week two, then sure, I might jump on. And there's still probably there's time There's still to heaps jump of upside, on. I yeah, think, if he can get true. to that 90, 85 plus. But again, I don't want to risk having a 10 in my side for, yep. for a player that is still getting CBAs. Um, yeah. So for me... Again, I'm not ruling him out, but I'm very anti-Warple compared to the sentiment a lot of people are having out there that he could be very much underpriced. So what about there's that old classic situation where having him kind of unlocks enough money to be able to do the thing you want. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's and, and that's that's kind of the case with a couple of these guys. And, and what I'm referring to is is the case where you, you go a little bit cheaper on this kind of mid-price um, selection and that allows you to just get to the premium you want or just get to the... What's your thoughts there? Would you pick him in that situation if he unlocks something better for you at the top end? It's a very hard question to answer because obviously every team is unique and this is why you know vanilla teams are okay because the, the structure of your team can be just that little bit different Different and it makes your team different to every other team. Um, I I would think that there's a better way to find cash. I think okay. you take Warple down to a rookie, like oh, instead and, of, and yeah. they're still like the, the rookies are outscoring their price by thirty or forty points. Yeah, that's it. Um, and they've got a much lower downside. Um, I think that yeah, to, to me, I just if there's rookies, there's, there's so much downside. Like ten points, Luke. Ten points. Uh, man, I, I just assumed it uh, was yeah. injury affected. I'm sorry, James, <laughs> but that's not great. Look, and, and James Walpole is he's near and dear to my heart. I think the first was was that the yeah that was the 2019 was the first year I started playing AFL fantasy. He came home, I think, in the last game. I actually, want to I'm look, I'm going to look this up in the last uh, game. Yeah, you were year, riding him home, man. Um, I think the last game in our league finals came out with 134 points. Uh, won me my finals matchup won my first league that year against my mates so and I was cheering him home he was uh he was a big reason that I won that league so um I love the guy I think he, he's he's a good bloke but uh, I think obviously the coach doesn't and uh recent history will suggest that he's a long way off where he was that second year so uh you can prove it to me and I might jump on but yeah a bit a bit of risk there for me a bit too much in this stage so to re- refresh I think Sheed is 
you know, my favorite guy here. Yeah. You know, maybe a couple of those young guns, Tom Green, Chad Warner, um, you know, potentially a Jai Cully are the ones that I'm most interested in watching um, in the preseason. Um, with a few of those other guys having to do a lot to make my side. Yeah, and remember what we said. I think Mitch said it on a previous podcast. You you can fall into the trap of trying to pick too many mid yeah. prices as well. You just, you just you, want one. Yeah, and you just need to try. I mean, it's easier said than done, but you need to just try and pick the right one, isn't yeah. it? That I mean, that's the game. It's like you pick all the mid prices, and yeah, you probably pick the right one, but you also picked four duds. You, yeah. you need to, yeah. um, you know, pick one, maybe two, and then surround them with um, with your rookies and your um your uh, sort of underpriced premiums as well. Yeah, I think that'll do it for us today, guys. Um, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel um, and make sure you guys, if you are watching along, give this video a big thumbs up. Uh, congratulations, Luke, to getting 100 subscribers. Can we get into 200? I don't oh, know what he's going to bring into the studio. I might, uh, I might gets... buy a cricket helmet. <laughs> I, was a little bit, I was a little bit worried about... Um... Bringing the bringing the bat in because um, normally having a bat on YouTube is um, a surefire way to get your video reported. But uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ, you're going to cut us off there, mate. Uh, let's you got try that and one? keep this PG. Uh, but let's uh, again make sure you guys are subscribed. Thank you to everyone who has already uh, given our show a rating and review. If you haven't already and you are enjoying this content in the preseason, uh, would be amazing if you head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, and give us a five star rating. And uh, we will see you guys next week with talking forwards. Catch you later. Bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.